Hey everybody, welcome to The Uninformed Banker. My name's Gerald. Today I want to talk to you about inflation because inflation's all around us and it's been going on for a while and for some reason the Fed and a lot of other people are dumbfounded that it happened. Well, first we should go over what inflation is. Inflation is just the devaluing of the currency and this happens from time to time and it's actually pretty normal. Um, it's just to the extent. It's kind of like uh, pizza. You can't eat pizza every day, but you can have pizza like once a month or something and hopefully not get a clogged artery. But the issue is inflation is addictive, and there's a lot of people that believe inflation um, should actually be kind of like a permanent type thing because they there's actually a few reasons. But I want you to also know where I'm getting this information from. Um, it's from... Uh, and actually a book that's 85 years old right now. Um, it was written by Roger W. Babson. Uh, he's the guy that the school, uh, Babson College, one of the top schools in the country for finance, um, is. Yeah, so uh, that's the college that's named after him because he was really good at finance. Anyways, this book is from 1937. It was, it's it's spot on to to, to till to today uh you know like there's a there's also a couple of things that are really interesting to read about like what the view was on the new deal during the time um and how they looked at the gold standard and a few other things that i just i just found it really interesting but most of the stuff that he says in here is actually spot on and still relevant to today till to today I still can't say that. That is really hard to say. Anyways, so I recommend getting If Inflation Comes by Roger W. Babson. Um, I will, hopefully by the end of the week, I will have my website updated so that you can click on a link and buy a book from Amazon through me. Um, I'm not selling them. I'm just going to do like an affiliate thing because these are books that I've already read and I personally think you should you should have, like you should own because... This book, I know I will <coughs> I will be referencing a few times throughout my life, and it's it was a really good book to read. It was about 200 pages, um, pretty cheap. I mean, I think I got mine for like five bucks at a used bookstore, but you can probably get them for like 12 bucks on Amazon or something, and it's well worth the read. Uh, this guy was very smart. A lot of his theories and the way he looked at things is still used today. Um, and he's, um, I, I don't know if look up to is the right word, but he's an important, I really liked his writing and I've really liked his work. I'll leave it at that. Anyways, but as he says, inflation is addictive because you get used to like, because you're devaluing the currency, you're just printing more, which means it's easy money because money is cheap. So the people that don't have money are going, oh, this is great because now they can get money. And the people that do have money are going, this is bad. So it's a war between the haves and the haves not, have-nots. But the issue is, with inflation comes big problems, because eventually <coughs> it leads to some other things, like uh, prices going up for things, and it, it, bites, it actually bites the person who was uh, lobbying for it, the people that were the have-nots, in the pocket. It really bites them hard, because the price of everything goes up, because where you had, say, like, you were going to buy, I don't know, flour. And before flour was 
$10 a pound. Well, that was when there was only $100 in circulation. Well, now there's $300, so why why should the flour stay the same price, especially because now they have to pay the person that's making the flour more? Well, now it has to go up because you have to keep your margins up, etc., etc. <coughs> and because of that, you get caught in this cycle. And like anything, inflation is a, is addictive. You know, you want to keep printing money because you want like more money to be accessible. But it's not good. It's it's a stimulant. It's used for like um, like hospitals use stimulants all the time. They'll if your heart is like weak, they'll give you a shot of adrenaline to keep you up while they work on you, and then you're fine and it's all good. But they don't keep shooting you up with adrenaline for like five days because then your heart would explode. And that's kind of like inflation. You, it's a really hard stimulant to kick, you know, because everyone likes positive things. They want to see their balances going up, this, that, and the other thing. But no one wants to hurt themselves, which makes sense. But you actually need to hurt yourself. You need to go, all right, we don't need stimulus anymore. And you need to stop that. And inflation is just basically pumping money. It doesn't matter which way you do it. Like if you cancel student loans, now this is going to this is gonna annoy a lot of people, but if you cancel student loans, that's literally pumping a, like trillions of dollars into the economy because now that money isn't promised to the banks anymore and it's free to be used on other things. And now people say that that could be positive, but that's actually inflationary. And that will cause big problems because, number one, you've also destroyed the rule of law. Now people don't need to pay back what they've borrowed. That's a big issue. Now, I'm not saying that everything on this on the uh, student loan front is hunky-dory. I think there are some major flaws in it, and I can get into that in another segment. So please, until I get into that segment, don't pass judgment yet, because I do have some thoughts on the student loan, uh, the whole deal, and they may surprise you. So just let it go until I get to that segment. But anyways, getting back to inflation. So that creates inflation. Um, Anything that gets money into someone's like pocket faster creates inflation. So like when our banking systems changed and like the internet came around, that was an inflationary pressure because it was quicker. Money got into people's accounts quicker, which means they could spend it quicker. And it just money was more accessible. So it actually and it didn't cost as much to process that money. So that was an inflationary pressure because it changed basically the environment of money because it's a huge ecosystem so inflation can come from any number of things but oftentimes it comes from central banks stimulating the economy <coughs> once again i apologize for the coughs i'm getting over corona and you're just gonna have to deal with it because i'm i'm not great at editing and that's just gonna be there so anyways go getting past that inflation there's a few different things that happen with the wheel of inflation. First, inflation comes because there's a shock to the economy. So the banks start inflating the money and, you know, stock prices rise. The amount of money that people have rises. Wages rise. And eventually that leads to higher commodity prices, <coughs> which ends up biting people. But the other thing that you don't talk about is called credit inflation because after the banks stop printing money, well, there's still all this money, which means you can actually, it's kind of like margin. You know, if you have, if you have a hundred dollars and the bank's willing to lend you 50% on what you have, that's great. So now you're basically printing money, but it's not money. You know, it's credit. So you have credit inflation that happens with corporations because then they start um, 
printing money through bonds, uh, with junk bonds, etc. And they do that because, well, hopefully you don't invest in a company that does this, but they do that because, you know, commodities are going up. So they need to borrow money to actually pay for the commodities where before they could pay for them just with the money they made off of what they were selling. But because of the sharp increase in prices due to inflation, they need to borrow money. And that creates a bad cycle. And so you have a lot of credit being basically pumped in the market, which is basically fake money. It's like synthetic. So now people are buying stuff, but they're buying it on credit. <coughs> and eventually, it comes to a stop. Now, how it gets stopped, that is a big thing. If it doesn't come to a stop, you end up like Nigeria or another country where the, their, their currency is worth nothing. I mean, literally at one point in Germany, inflation was so bad that it cost, even though they were collecting taxes, the amount that it took to actually go out and collect the money cost more than collecting tax than they got from the taxes. It, it Just because they needed to move such huge amounts of money, it, it, now granted, remember, they actually had to go pick up the money back then. But, <coughs> but regardless, they were losing money on collecting taxes because it was so messed up. And that can happen in the U.S. So people need to be open to rate hikes and they need to understand that the Fed is actually there for a reason and granted, I don't agree with everything the Fed's done. I think that this, sh this should have happened a while ago. And they got too used to easy money. And, you know, the whole, it's transitory inflation. That's BS. Because the entire, the entire issue is there are less goods and there's a lot more money. So normally you have the same amount of goods and more money. But you're actually creating inflation on both sides because there's less goods. Because our production has gone down. Because Corona has caused you know, factory uh, stoppages <coughs> in Vietnam, in China, all across the world. You know, factories get shut down. Now there's less things. and But you've also have banks pumping money into, the, into their economies. So now you have more money just circulating around the world. So you have less things and more money. Normally, it's just the same amount of things and more money. But now it's basically inflating on both sides. Um, so going off of that, the other issue is the supply chain is so messed up. It was actually already broken beforehand, but it wasn't that broken. Now it's like instead of having a cracked pot, you have a smashed vase, you know. It's and it, every time there's a new variant and ports close down or new restrictions are put in, no matter where it is because these ships stop at different places, um it screws it up more. And in the US, we have a big problem because we have rules on truckers. Now, do I agree with the rules on truckers where they have to do like eight hours? They can only go eight hours to a point? Yes. But it's very simple on how to fix the U.S.'s supply chain, at least within our borders. You literally just either need more truckers on the road or you need, you need to let them go longer. So if you, if you switch it to nine hours immediately your supply chain is getting better. Now, that also brings with it an element of risk. But you need to, that's basically comes down to the jobs of our leaders. Your leader is basically there to make the tough calls. Will an hour create a huge amount of risk that it's not worth it to fix the supply chain? Or will one hour alleviate it a little bit and not create that much risk? Because we already have 
um, truckers getting uh, getting tired and stuff even at eight hours or you even without that you can have brakes fail so there is always risk the moment you step out onto the road no matter what you do so I personally think some type of emergency declaration even for just an hour I think that would help a little bit it obviously wouldn't solve it but then you have to it's kind of like a sliding scale. You got to decide where is the risk too much and where is it okay? Because I mean, no one has a problem with someone working on an, on an assembly plant for 12 hours with like an hour break. So that's an 11 hour day. Like no one has a problem with that, but yet a trucker can only go eight hours. Hmm. Now I get it. They're basically driving a moving wall or a moving house with how much weight it is. So I get that that's an issue, but it's, it's that's where it comes into like you have to look at the transportation secretary and you say you have to make this call and i think that they should start it with you know you just up it by an hour all right we're gonna ease the restrictions a little bit while we get more people trained and more trucks on the road um, there's also some technology which is a little bit too far behind right now um, but it's coming it's coming within the next five years uh, self-driving technology like uh, i think it's aurora was one um, Embark was another where their their uh, tractor trailers uh, filled with just stuff and they're self-driving. I mean, if Tesla can do it with a car, why can't we do it with a tractor trailer? And granted, they're used on like very, very uh, strict highways where it's like, it's basically you're going in a straight line from like through like most of Texas. Now, granted, that's a nine hour drive. Um, I forget where it is. But it's like a nine or 11 hour drive or something, but it's just a straight line. Because it's flat. It's not like the Northeast where it's like twist, turn, icy, icy road, 8,000 hills. It's just a flat nothingness. You know, you go off the road while you, you're you just on dirt, you know, it's just flat. So that's a technology that could alleviate a little bit of the inflation, but that's a few years away from being mainstream, unfortunately. Um, but inflation is here, and they should have seen that it was here because just because of the fact that the supply chains were messed up. Because that meant that you weren't going to have enough items here for the demand. And if you don't have enough enough items for the demand, then prices go up, and then people demand higher wages because the cost of living has gone up. Which means that everyone that's making stuff here has to start selling their stuff, and that just creates inflation. <coughs> and because you also have cheap money and cheap credit... You have all these corporations expanding and just shelling out the debt. So what you got to do is you got to raise interest rates. And what that does is you raise the interest rates on our bonds. So for people to want to buy corporations debt, corporations have to pay a higher interest rate, which means their costs go up. And what that does is that basically makes them go, ooh, ah, we don't know about taking out more debt. Why? Well, before we were paying 3%. Now we're paying 7 to 11%. Now, I think we could see interest rates, maybe not at the Jimmy Carter level, but around it. You're going to see stuff around like 2008, et cetera, where you're getting like 7%. It's it's coming. I don't know exactly when it's coming. I think it'll be 2023 um, because my prediction is they will do an interest rate hike this year. That will send a shock to the market. What will happen is it'll be a shock to the market and then you'll have, I don't know, maybe a 10% drop in home prices across the country. And then hopefully builders immediately stop what they're doing and just try and unload their uh, their uh, their projects and and don't continue building because that will create 
that'll be an issue if builders just go, ah, oh, screw it. And they hope that the people will keep buying because it never happens. And so you have a drop there. You're going to have a correction in the stock market. Now, how bad this correction could be, I don't know. Um, I mean, when rates go up, the places to be are normally banks. But, I mean, I'm, I'm in banks. Um, you want to look for the most efficient banks and the ones that have the highest net interest margin. So you want to look at those two things. Um, but it's a little bit weird because they make their money off of how the rest of the economy is doing as well. So they invest, et cetera, et cetera. But when the rest of the economy doesn't do good, even though they're making money off your deposits, they're still not making that much money. So it's like, I don't know how that's going to play out because I haven't been around for this. I wasn't alive. Um, I'm just going with what my gut's telling me, but my gut's also a little bit meh. Um, another thing that's actually surprising, you know what industries do well during inflation? Chemical companies. So your uh, FMC, your Dow Chemical Inc., um, those should do well because those don't require a ton of people labor. Like their, um, their plants don't require a ton of people, so they're not as impacted by wage uh wages rising um and the higher up they are the better you know the higher up they are in the uh product stream so <coughs> you know like you don't want the end user you want the guy that's like yeah i just got the oil in and i'm turning it into this film or that film or i'm making gunpowder i don't know i'm not a chemist but you want to be in like midstream towards the very beginning <coughs> You also want to find companies that have a large stock that bought at the very beginning of inflation. So they have a large stock of materials because who's ever, you're still going to be buying now. But the less you have to buy right now, the better. But it, because it's so long, you can't buy enough because you're going to be paying a premium on storage. And then you got degradation of materials. So that's not as uh, realistic as it used to be. But either way, you want people that can efficiently manage costs are being efficient about their debt while also taking advantage of the fact that right now is the time to do mergers and acquisitions and that are able to manage their uh, staffing. So that's what you want. Banks, chemical companies. Once again, this is not financial advice. This is just what I've read and what I've seen. So uh, if, you have if you have time, get If Inflation Comes by Roger W. Babson. Um, I will try and get my website up and running and have an affiliate link through Amazon um, for you to be able to buy a copy of that directly from Amazon. And if you if you can help me out and buy that from through my website, that would be great. I'm going to be working on it. It should be out by, let's see, the 24th and ready to go. So yeah, thank you and have a great day.